0: What is up, everyone? Chris Cage here, founder of Green Belly Meals. Today, I talk with Travis Avery of Sawyer Products. Sawyer makes a line of extremely popular items ranging from insect repellents to water filters. We talk about how the company started, insect repellents, water filtration, and more specifically, dive deep into their iconic product, the Sawyer Squeeze, and how it revolutionized the way we consume and treat water in the backcountry. I've personally used a squeeze for several hundred days at least on trail. So I'm stoked to hear more from Travis about this gym piece of gear. Yeah. Let's dive in. I to the do the that matter to me. Live like a good king as life brings the good things. Hey Travis, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, man, we uh you said you're in the sticks. Where are you right now?
1: <laughs> uh, so the company is based in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, but I get to work remotely from uh, the greater Grand Rapids, Michigan area. Uh, so we live just a little bit outside the city. So we've got a little bit of space, uh, which is super nice. But uh, unfortunately, it doesn't mean that we get the highest of internet speeds out here. So that's why um, I was warning you that my audio not, might not be perfect.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it sounds good. Has it started to snow
1: yet? Um, we've had like the, a little dust things here and there, but uh, hasn't been uh, too bad at all.
0: (laughs) Oh, baby. I don't know if I can handle that. We've worked together on a few things through the years but never really had the chance to talk properly. So I'm excited to hear more about you guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. Likewise.
0: So Sawyer, I was looking at Charles About page. Can you take us back to the early days and talk about how Sawyer actually got started? It sounds like I believe your dad was involved.
1: Oh, wow. You're just going (laughs) to ear me out right at the beginning. That's correct. My old man started it in uh, 84. We started with one single product and now we've expanded into four product categories uh, with uh, water filtration and insect repellents being by far our two biggest categories.
0: What was the first product?
1: The extractor pump uh, venom removal.
0: I was going to (laughs) guess that. I was going to guess that. That's so cool. Okay.
1: Um, And then we just kind of slowly expanded from there. Uh, We bid on some Military contracts for uh, sunscreen and insect repellents, and just kind of slowly uh, built up our product line, only adding you know one product or so at a time And we thought it was like a really good product and something that you know could stand up and outperform uh, some of the other stuff out there, and that's how we've slowly incrementally built up our product line. Um, and then actually, the water filtration was actually the last product category we got into. So in
0: 1984, what was your Get inside your dad's head, what was he thinking? Why did he want to start this company and and sell snake bite kids?
1: Yeah, uh, so he had been uh, involved in other businesses uh, and um, he wanted to get out of middle management and wanted to you know call the shots, got tired of other people taking the credit for his work or uh, whatnot. and so he saw the opportunity with this product that had potential but wasn't quite making it. So uh, all of us kids uh, uh, and you know and uh, mom, we went and stayed with uh, my grandparents her mom and dad for a little while while he drove down to florida to see if uh, he could turn it around and so it literally started in like a oh gosh like you know like a, uh, sound like a 6 foot 8 foot table you know individually packing them
0: so you were a kid when he was doing this
1: Oh yeah, growing up, like we would, when we would trade shows. He <laughs> would like my mom and dad would dress up like me and my brother as like Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, and we had to like walk around in like our overalls with bandy and on a stick, like.
0: Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. When you said when you said your dad was trying to turn it around, was he coming into an existing company or was he starting to create this physical product on his own?
1: Uh, taking over. So yeah, um, it was already a, a product, uh, but hadn't really been established on the market here in the States or gotten sufficient traction. So that's where uh, he kind of stepped in uh, and saw the potential.
0: So th- there was a company at the time called Sawyer or did he...
1: Yep, took it over, uh, uh, rebranded and uh, the company uh, eventually settled on the name Tom Sawyer uh, to allude to Tom Sawyer. Oh, the, that
0: interesting. Wife, yeah. That's where the name came from.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, back in the day, we used to even have uh, Huckleberry Finn soap and some other products. And uh, there's some really fun, old school logos that have you know like Tom Sawyer running next to our.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you know why your dad was thinking uh, the snake bike kit over other things that he just felt like that was a uh, an opportunity, or did he did he know somebody in the in the industry? He had some insights, or what was the what was the genesis with Find picking.
1: Yeah, no, uh, he had gotten connected with it and just saw the impact potential. He, I think he was directly coming from uh, selling like chainsaws and like weed eaters, weed whackers, that type of stuff. And uh, um, he was just ready to uh, move on and call the shots. And I don't want to say risk at all, but you know, kind of.
0: Wow. So when did you hop on board?
1: So you know, literally, I was uh, I was born in '84, so um, uh, I'm essentially the same age as the company. So, like you know, back when we were still super small, like. He would bring us kids to uh, the the production facility. It's the same facility we use now, though it's a kind of expanded. And so, like while he was working, I might be you know playing in cardboard boxes or running my Matchbox uh, Hot Wheels cars all over the place in some of the smaller batching tubs where we make uh, like our bug spray or uh, sunscreen. You know, when those weren't in use and they were in their cleaning portion, I would it'd be like a big old uh, bathtub where I would just play with my Matchbox cars for a while. And uh, they really didn't want any... I have uh, three siblings. They didn't really want any of us to stay in the family business of sorts. But uh, uh, after college, I came back to work for the company for a little bit while I explored uh, going to get my master's degree. And uh, after getting even more heavily involved in the company. I just not only fell more in love with the outdoor industry and the people, there's just so many awesome people we get to collaborate and work with. It was just kind of hard to pass up. So uh, I'm the only one still involved. I went full-time in 06 and have just kind of been helping run the marketing department and some stuff here and there since.
0: So involved as a baby, but really full-time for 14 years you've been full-time.
1: Yeah, uh, but I also fast tracked a bit of it. You know, like we were when we were kids, we would work at the uh, at the plant. You know, no uh, child labor laws when it, your dad owns it. Um, <laughs> good uh, um, good know, cheap labor. labor. Yeah. Um, I spent many years uh, uh, on the filling line uh, putting bottles on and. Uh, helping with the labeling machines and this and that. Depending on if we got some uh, big offer or opportunity, you know, you, we'd uh, uh, all come in and help out on the weekends on the production line. And it was definitely a bit of a family operation here and there from times as we continued to grow. And uh, definitely uh, uh, super uh, amazed and uh, surprised and certainly grateful for how far we've been able to get from there.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to hear from a snake bite kit too. What I know about y'all, you'll have such a wide range of successful product lines. So what is your role now?
1: Uh, depends on how fancy I want to make myself sound, but uh, I'll just go ahead and say marketing director. So we kind of have our hands uh, a little here, a little there, uh, so kind of helping oversee, you know, social media, customer service, uh, kind of assisting in the PR dynamic, um, which magazines uh, we want to advertise with, maintaining relationships with the ambassadors, you know, helping with product development, uh, packaging, uh, all kinds of fun stuff.
0: It seems like any kind of communication we've done with y'all all. All fingers point back to Travis. So I, I was like, you seem to be a jack of all trades, but it seems like you're kind of steering the ship over there.
1: Uh, well, I certainly can't take that much credit, but uh, it's been, like I was saying, it's been fun to see how the company's grown. And so I, you know, as we continue to grow, I've been able to, you know, delegate. And bring in some more people here and there for this and that. You know, um, I think an analogy I just came up last week when I was chatting with someone was I had my hands in a lot of different pots on the side of the company, and it's always nice to kind of have those touch points. But um, as we grew and we got more opportunities, I was able to delegate so uh, certain people could you know give those pots you know they can stir them and give them the attention they need as opposed to me you know running around scrambling here and there. So it's kind of been awesome to. Try to help uh, uh, make all the right decisions uh, along the way. Obviously, you know that's a little bit of a pinball process, but you know it's been fun to um, be able to grow the team uh, um, in time and um, kind of build an awesome group of people that collaborate and kind of help uh, um, continue to hopefully bring the company to the next level.
0: Yeah, well, kudos. It seems like since 2006, you have come a long way. So we talked about 1984. Correct me if I'm wrong, but 1984 is the snake bite Kit. Beginning and then to present day, we have. The, it looks like you have four main categories, which are the insect repellents, the sun protection, the first aid, and the water filters. Is that right?
1: Yep, that's correct.
0: So, what can you break down a rough timeline of of when each of those categories and/or products were introduced from 1984 to 2020?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm mean, going to give it a go and try to keep it relatively succinct. So, uh, basically, we expanded into um, uh, insect repellents next, and then we started with maybe like one formula here, one formula there, as we just kind of slowly tried to again maintain that super high quality standard that we still try to maintain to this day. And uh, a lot of times, you know, we might have. As we continued to grow and kind of get our name out there more, uh, we were able to kind of... People would come to us with new formulas, we were able to collaborate with uh, these people or those people. And then that's how like we slowly added more and more formulas or variations to our product line. Then uh, for the original Desert Storm, we bid on a, a US military contract for sunscreen. And uh, in order for that to be accepted, uh, they had to, the product had to be available on the shelf. And it just so happened that we were able to have some products very close to where they were able to authenticate that, uh, which was kind of awesome. So we've been on that contract and one, and uh, we're able to invest in some equipment and uh, Roughly, what year was that? I would say late '80s. So let's just say '88. I could definitely do a better. Job. I was quite young back then, so I'm going from yep. from memory or from stories, not from memory. And then you know, just continue to add other uh, variations. We dabbled in first aid kits for quite some time. Uh, if you ask my dad, he would even go on to say that he helped revolutionize the uh, first aid uh, space, um, just with uh, changing how things were done and presented and packaged and whatnot. Interesting. Yeah, and then so just kind of added stuff, uh, uh, you know, onesies, twosies here and there, um, uh, till we got to the water filtration, which was kind of like the next big step for the company. And so when we first got into the water filtration game. Uh, let's say that was somewhere around 2008 to 2010, uh, though we didn't really get truly on the map till I'd say 2012 when Backpacker Magazine gave us Editor's Choice for the squeeze filter. So, you know, when we first dropped that, people were like, Why on earth would we buy a water filter from a bug spray company? And now we have people come up to us and be like, You know, when did you guys start selling bug spray? Uh, so that's kind of uh, funny to see how that shifts. Yeah. But yeah, before we really knew what we had um, you know a lot of the water filters on the market were you know like a ceramic block or carbon blocks or you know very heavy uh, hard media uh, uh, filters that you really had to use high pressure like a, a gravity system or possibly more commonly a pump system to force the water through these membranes and then these filters that we were able to help bring to market. They were originally developed for kidney dialysis, but they were removing too much. So uh, we were able to kind of develop that technology further and it ended up with a cleaning ratio of around 20 to 1. So by the 20th time you needed to clean your ceramic filter was the first time you needed to clean ours and so it kind of really helped change the pace and speed of water filtration and you know now you know water filtration pretty much everyone's got their own individual filter and in they're almost always less than three ounces
0: yeah for sure yeah I want to talk about the squeeze in just a just a second because that has been a, a game changer so just to sum up the the company though it sounds like from Snake Bite Kit in 1984 to y'all expanded into some new product lines fairly quickly, or your dad did in, in the 80s, insect repellent sunscreen, first aid. And then a couple decades later was really the big water filtration edition. Is that kind of a sound right?
1: Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Interesting. And now it sounds like the, the water filters have kind of eclipsed the popularity of the other products.
1: Uh, in many ways, yeah, but yeah, uh, insect repellent is still a very important category to us. So we have a
0: uh, yeah. Was, I would like to talk about that at the end. But it looks like the L are still um, very popular for the permethrin and. To keratin and
1: yeah, so you, you know, know. know uh, for the longest time, uh, a lot of our formulas were deep based. We have some great, uh, uh, family friendly, you know, 20% like one of our like legacy formulas is our controlled release, uh, which is a time release deep lotion. The the deep is encapsulated in protein molecules, so as you're you know, and they're varying size, so as your skin breaks down the protein molecules, it releases the deep, um, so you're not like slathering yourself with you know, a high concentration. Deets that could possibly be a plasticizer. It's this really comfortable lotion that is uh, super effective and uh, uh, low odor and long lasting. So, you know, that's been a, a staple. Um, but then when we introduced the picaridin, which uh, um, has become by far our most popular topical insect repellent and that really kind of helped uh, uh, push the game even further. And so that one is the, uh, derived uh, from like the pepper plant and, uh, you know, that's gear safe safe for use during pregnancy and even on kids as young as six months of age. So it has uh, even further made topical insect repellents even more comfortable and long-lasting. And you know, then people aren't worried about whether or not they're hopping back in their sleeping bag or uh, you know, out on the back patio. You know, there's still a lot of that negative stigma around D. So the Bicaridin has kind of been an, uh, a fantastic formula to add to the lineup in uh, both the, the spray and motion variations.
0: Yeah, used, used all of the above. and. Uh... Good things to say. So, awesome. Let's talk about that squeeze, man. That thing has (laughs) truly revolutionized the way I think backpackers use uh, or think about water filtration. So, I actually remember backpacking before the squeeze came out. And as far as clean water in the backcountry was concerned, there were really only a few options. You kind of, one would be for a trip, you would carry out all your water, which if your trip was any, thing longer than a couple days it could be extremely difficult and heavy mm-hmm. and the, other, the second option would be is things that you might add to dirty water to kill the bad things which might be you know purification tablets pills um, chemicals and the third option would be is pumps right but they were very complicated and cumbersome to use so i think when i was you know pre sawyer squeeze uh, i would do a, a combination of any of the above but none of them seemed great right and then i remember you guys came along and i I believe i first heard about the squeeze and i think you kind of confirmed this earlier but i was going to say 2011 or 2012 it sounds like that might be about the time that that was being
1: introduced yeah so we had kind of started dabbling i think it was closer to 2008 when we first kind of had the that hollow fiber membrane technology come across our bow we started to introduce some stuff, maybe you know, between then and around 2010. But the squeeze was kind of our, you know, the the culmination of like, yeah, this is how we would do it.
0: I was gonna say, can you explain just quickly how it works? I'm, I'm just some listeners are tr- going to be trying to, what the heck is this squeeze?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, So before that, uh, the the filter technology was typically in a bottle, and then uh, what our lead designer John Smith uh, helped uh, revolutionize was. Figuring out how to use these fibers differently, uh, and more effectively, or more efficiently. So uh, we're far from the only company that uses hollow fiber membrane filters uh, um, as like the media inside the filter itself that removes, you know, uh, pathogens and particulate, whether that be, you know, bacteria, protozoa, or cysts, or microplastics. And it's essentially a barrier filter. So think of it as like a microscopic uh, chain link fence. So the water is going to get through, but it's going to trap like the the soccer balls and other. You know floating stuff, the particulate right. um the fibers we use are around uh, they' over you know seventy times stronger than the other fibers on the market, uh, which is why ours can not only uh, filter out more but filter longer. Um, and that's kind of, you know since our filters can be much more vigorously backwashed, um, uh, you can get that significantly longer lifespan. so, when we first introduced the squeeze filter to the market, it came with a 1 million gallon guarantee, which uh, um, we later transitioned into our lifetime warranty. And uh, we were really excited not only for these filters to be used you know, for outdoor recreationalists or recreation, uh, but um, we quickly learned that these filters can be making even larger impacts internationally. So that's where uh, a lot of where our excitement and growth is now as we uh, you get even more excited about how these filters are bringing clean water around the world world. And at this point, we've got some of these filters that have been in consistent daily use for over 10 years now.
0: Very cool. As far as the user experience of the squeeze, uh...
1: Oh, got it. I got sidetracked. Uh, We use in our squeeze filter, which is kind of our workhorse model. That was the one that won editor's choice in 2012 in Backpacker magazine. That one has remained largely unchanged since then. Um, And basically, it's a two to three ounce filter that can be used in a variety of ways. We use a standard 28 millimeter threading. Uh, So uh, not only can you use it on the included pouches, you can also thread it onto you know plastic bottles, you know, on trail smart water, life water, uh, or other um, premium uh, uh, pouches uh, also use that same threading. So, whether you want to put it directly on a, a smart water bottle and hit the trail, or you want to make a gravity system, or you want to put it in line on your hydration pack, there is a variety of different ways you could use it, and um, you know, the flow rate. Um, you know, it's far faster than a lot of the uh, other stuff on the market. And even now, you know, it's still got a great uh, flow rate and longevity, uh, especially uh, uh, if you maintain it well. And uh, so, yeah, it's a filtration on the fly. So, you no longer have to, you no know, longer becomes as much of an elaborate process to get clean water uh, out in the backcountry.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll try to dumb it down even more. I'm thinking about, I know a lot of people that I've talked to that are not hikers when they, they're baffled by how this thing works. So, The way it would work is you fill up... a uh, Let's just take example of an empty water bottle. You go to the stream, you fill up that water bottle with stream water, which is essentially unfiltered dirty water. And then you have this device, this Sawyer Squeeze device. It's about the size of a roll of quarters. And you screw it on top of that now full water bottle. And the water that you squeeze through this filter comes out clean, which was... Really, that user experience of having that nozzle to screw on top of a bottle was a game changer. Which before that, you had to do all this kind of funky stuff. So, I really remember just how cool that was, you know, and and how simple the the UX of that product was. It was You came along with this simple device that just changed everything. And it was super easy to use, and it was lightweight. I think the mini is like, I don't know, what is it like two ounces, and it costs twenty bucks. So, I mean, it's just I can't. Uh, it's, it seems like it's such an obvious item for everybody to carry.
1: Yeah. Well. Uh, thanks for uh, uh, clearing up the usage uh, for attempt number three to answer your question. But yeah.
0: No. No. no, no. I, we need the we need the technical explanation, Travis. So that no, we needed that. Um well, no, I, was about, I know. I know. A lot of people again that have not been hiking or backpacking, they cannot wrap their head around. We're outside and we're going to be drinking water from the stream. Most time, I go with. Uh, I've been backpacking with first-timers. That's their first time ever having stream water. And so like to, to mm-hmm. think about they're going to be adding this filter to the their water bottle is, is pretty cool. So I, I would guess... I was thinking about the Sawyer Squeeze and I'm going to go out on a limb and I would guess it is one of the, if not the most, ubiquitous items used by long-distance hikers. In other words, if we were able to pinpoint like a single piece of gear that appeared the most in long-distance hikers packs... I might guess it would be this. I was trying to think of what other products would be that popular. I mean, do you do you feel like that as well?
1: Yeah, I th- I feel like uh, we. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm trying to think of how I would phrase this because again, I work in PR. Uh, we're we're extremely grateful. We never would have guessed that you know it got the reaction that it did, and that's part of what you know, makes us want to continue to make you know great highly compatible products you know we tried to keep it very utilitarian uh, so whether you know you want it um, you know yeah, use it this way or that way. It's highly compatible. You know, uh, There's not proprietary this or proprietary that. You can use it in a variety of different ways and it uh, lasts uh, a really long time, especially um, if you maintain it well. So yeah, we feel incredibly grateful and never would have guessed the traction or reaction or response that it's gotten. And um, we feel very fortunate that you know, it does make up such a significant part of people's kits.
0: Yeah, it's like if you're going to go out in the back country and you want water filtration, this seems to be the the default um, product. Which I mean, it's really it's really a category dominator, which is pretty cool. I'm looking right now; I think it's got nineteen thousand reviews on Amazon, so very very popular item. Can you talk about? It sounds like 2008 to 2011 ish. This product was kind of getting going. Can you talk about the idea from the idea to market? So this is a like. A fundamentally new product for you guys. So, where did the idea come about that y'all felt comfortable targeting something like this? And how did you actually go from product development to putting this thing in a package and hitting shelves?
1: Yeah, uh, um, I'll do my best to take a stab at that. So, you know, like you said uh, before that, a lot of the filters on the market were, you know, heavy pump systems, which you know uh, were not only heavy on their own, but they also had, you know, multi feet of uh, tubing and hoses, and possibly even some like uh, screening on the end, so you don't pick up this or that. And um, you know, when we first got introduced to this filter technology from our lead engineer John Smith, they were trying to develop it and put it inside of a bottle. So we had some, you know, early that had like your classic like partially squeezable Mm. HDPE bottles uh that even had like a carbon element in there to try and improve the taste of water and this was also back when you know Nalgene bottles were super ubiquitous and so we had kind of made a self-contained uh um, filter bottle model as well and then you know um uh we had more or less tried to continue to figure out how to best utilize this. And then that's how he kind of continued to tinker with, you know, the form factor to kind of make this, you know, in pursuit of a home run, which, uh, you know, exceeded our uh, wildest expectations. And so that's when he realized that you really just need to let the, the hollow fiber filters themselves be the highlight of the show. You know, The carbon block elements that improve the taste and odor uh, will typically not only slow down the uh, flow rate and longevity of the filter, but it also will significantly cut down on the longevity of the filter. Um, So that's where he more or less wanted to let the filter itself, that hollow fiber membrane filter, be the star of the show. Um, So he uh, was able to figure out some other secret elements that allow us to still have some performance advantages over other filters on the market. uh, Some of which I've slowly learned about over the years, so some of which...
0: (laughs) Secrets, secrets. Yeah, like I,
1: I, can't, I, I still don't even know all of uh, the secrets of the design technology. So it's pretty cool to see how we were able to, um, or they, I should say, were able to kind of really bring that to a uh, form factor that was able to be as well received as it was.
0: Yeah, and with the really kind of the more technical stuff is it sounds like it's very technical. You guys were making insect repellents and sunscreen. What did you? I don't even know what this uh, position would be. Did you find some sort of water filtration engineer and just say, "Hey, we're going to target this"?
1: I wouldn't know if I would go that far, but you know, as we continue to kind of grow in this, you know, outdoor space and the outdoor recreation and you know, outdoor protection, uh, we're always looking for fantastic new products. So uh, whether we stumble across something at a, a trade show, or there's this technology that kind of comes out the market that's not fully refined, when we were first introduced to that. Uh, the, the hollow fiber membrane technology we saw the potential in it, so we 're always exploring new uh, product options and variations of things that we think uh, can disrupt the industry or you know improve people 's performance or um, enjoyment of the outdoors um, and so um, yeah there's all kinds of fun stuff in the background that we like to explore just to see if uh, um, there's sufficient market potential and
0: yeah that's really that 's really interesting i don 't feel like many other companies that i can think of uh, do such a diverse line of product categories and maintain as quality of products as y'all do from y'all do se- re- seemingly really well in all of these categories and they don't seem to have much overlap i mean obviously they're all outdoor products but yeah as far as proficiency would be concerned they're they're definitely unique capacities
1: well, we certainly appreciate that. Yeah, no, we uh, take great pride in our product line and our company name. And, um, you know, we certainly try to uh, always uh, only bring products to the market that kind of hit that mark. And uh, really excited at the momentum that the domestic water filtration game has gotten. And now with our new tap filter, we're even more excited to see uh, how many more lives uh, that can impact internationally.
0: Yeah, yeah, very cool stuff you all are doing there. Uh, are there regulations around? Selling water filters, did y'all have to do any jump through any hoops to get that out there?
1: Yes or no. So um, the insect repellent market is even more highly regulated than the water filtration market. Uh, you know, you have to have uh, a sufficient dating and testing, uh, EPA registrations and protocols and whatnot. Uh, so the insect repellents are even harder to uh, get into and maintain and certainly
0: to push
1: yourself in. Um, in the water filtration space, it's not a wild west, but there's definitely not the same level of uh, regulation.
0: You don't just hire somebody to Drink some dirty water and see if they're okay?
1: Not anymore. Not after that first <laughs> test. That was a joke, just in case anyone didn't get set. So the short answer is, is not really yeah I mean we we maintain ourselves at a much higher standard than the industry does, uh, so we 're literally the only company that individually tests each and every filter three times before it leaves our production facility. so a lot of other companies do like batch testing, and you know they just try to make sure that you know, the filters coming through the production line still hit the mark. Um, uh, there's also a lot of ways you can kind of cheat the testing system. So oh, wow. you, know, you're, you, you can get your filters tested in a way that uh, overstates their uh, ability. And uh, you know, that goes back to uh, whether you're going hiking or you're in Honduras, we want to make sure that you can rely on our filter. So we are very strict and stringent with our testing protocols and uh, certainly with our QC as well.
0: Cool. So it sounds like Backpacker Magazine giving you the Editors' of Choice Award uh, back in the early two thousand tens was pretty instrumental. How, how did you guys get the initial traction and spread the word?
1: Well, I believe we, you know, we'd already started to build a relationship with them over the years. They're uh, like our bug sprays, um, and certainly they've back then and even now are helping us get further traction with our permethrin, the fabric treatment, which can be a huge game changer. And for those not familiar, that's the um, fabric based insect repellent that's derived from the chrysanthemum flower family. Uh, In that stuff, after it dries, it's completely odorless and lasts for six weeks or six washes. So, you know, we had already had a relationship with them. Um, You know, we had slowly been building our relationships with, uh, you know, stores like REI and whatnot. And uh, so we had already kind of had a relationship with them. And we were on, I wouldn't say that we were the very first company to bring. Hollow fibers to the industry, but you know our form factor and our uh, product reputation and quality reputation uh, kind of helped us get our water filters on Backpacker Magazine's radar. And then after they kind of saw it and got to use it and play with it, they're, you know that's when they're like, you know, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so it sounds like you had some rapport already with the brand, and Backpacker Magazine was big, and you had some relationships with. REI that helped distribute the product?
1: Uh, Yeah, like I said, I think uh, since we've, you know, as a smaller family owned company, we've always tried to keep everything very personal and relational. Uh, You know, this is the first year in many years that we didn't travel around the country and visit uh, REI stores and talk to the employees, find out what they like, what they don't like, what questions are they getting. You know, we've been trying to stay very, very close to the industry, hands on for sure. And you know, uh, when it comes to feedback from our buyers and from you know industry personnel, uh, we take that uh, very seriously, and uh, hopefully that kind of helps uh, reflect not only on our products but also just in our relationship maintenance. So when we tell them like, hey, this is what it can do, it doesn't seem like it's um, you know just all a marketing ploy or fluff fluffer. Or, uh, Big sales pitch. Right.
0: Can you catch us up a little bit on the actual water purification? You talked about how the filter works, but for most listeners, I don't think myself included really have a clue about things that we're really trying to filter out. So you know, what are the dangerous little things outside that are preventing us from just drinking straight from the pond or stream without any sort of treatment? My understanding is that there are a few. I think parasites, bacteria, viruses seem to be
1: Yeah, so uh, the overwhelming uh, majority of uh, pathogens in the water that are going to get you sick, uh, not only domestically, but internationally are, you know, bacteria and protozoa. Bacteria and protozoa are far more prevalent in uh, um, you know, uh, wilderness water, even if it's uh, moving. But certainly when it's stagnant, there's a higher likelihood. But then you also, in uh, certain areas, um, uh, and depending on what be, might be upstream, uh, is when you might have uh, viruses uh, in the water. But uh, fortunately, those aren't as common. And then you also, on a lesser degree, but certainly depends on where you are, you can have you know chemicals or agricultural runoff, PFAS, you know, I don't know if I said it heavy metals, there's some other contaminants in the water that you want to be able to take out as well.
0: Do you have any sense of my understanding? Is that you want to find flowing water, but like these protozoas, where, where they come from, or where would we be more safe, less safe? I guess, speaking domestically.
1: Yeah, I mean the common thought process is the higher the elevation and the faster the moving water, and not always, but often the the colder the water, the less likely you are to going have these pathogens in it. Uh, but when you have stagnant water that's a near active wildlife and possibly even not necessarily just sitting out in the sun, but baking, you know, warm water can breed and allow these <laughs> to um, uh, grow and uh, whatnot faster. So. But you know, with the portability and speed of the water filters we sell, you know, largely we recommend people you know filter no matter what the water looks like or how fast it's moving or cold it is.
0: For sure, yeah, I will admit, but not recommend that I have drank straight from some water sources for various reasons at times. Mostly, actually, been overseas when I haven't had my filter. You know, it's like uh, there'll be like a, a flowing alpine stream, and I'll just kind of say, uh, okay, you gotta do it. So it's fortunately I haven't had any issues with they'll speak domestically. what would kind of the, some of the big risks be for consuming or ingesting some of those things we're talking I would assume stomach bug on the light end. are we talking like potential death on the high end?
1: Yes, you know so you know the bacteria can you know uh, give you diarrhea uh, um, and uh, put you uh, out for the count for a few days uh, but yeah, on the more extreme end, there are things that can be potentially fatal
0: yeah it's are there any situations that this filter would not be ideal or it cannot filter out I guess I'm thinking more internationally you know um I spend a lot of time overseas and yeah. is there anything preventing me from like hooking this up to I don't want to say like a sewage runoff but just some really bad water source
1: well, for starters, we still haven't uh, mastered salt water, so obviously we can rule that out. But we still get that <laughs> okay, yep. question uh, rather commonly. But, you know, so there are certain areas uh, where, you know, especially with some of our international programs where we found like high levels of fluoride or arsenic where, you know, our standard filter wouldn't be able to remove that. We do now have technology that can, uh, but not as effectively, I shouldn't say effectively, not, you know, as cost effectively or for as long lasting as our standard filters do. So we do have that technology and we're excited to hopefully be able to continue to develop that technology, uh, especially for our international use. But in general, uh, what um, uh, limits these filters is um, how uh, much sediment and particulate is in the water. So the the more crud that's going to get filtered out, the faster the filter is going to get clogged. So that's one of the limiting factors. Yeah,
0: Right. Which makes sense right right I was thinking about a lot of the stagnant water sources I filter up but it feels like I'm throwing very murky water into that filter and I'm like mmm that' seems like that's definitely gonna decrease the lifespan of this thing if you just yeah
1: <laughs> but you can you can still do it especially uh, if your options are limited if possible if you can filter enough on-site that you can quickly backwash it you know uh, uh, the better, right. uh, um, you know a great way to uh, try to minimize that. There's other things you can do. You know whether it's a T-shirt or bandana to try and minimize the larger uh,
0: Right. Absolutely. Try to try to get some of those those soccer balls out, if you will. All right. Random question. I still sleep with my Sawyer squeeze and my sleeping bag in wintertime for fear of it freezing. Because there's obviously water trapped in those membranes. Is is that mm-hmm. that still necessary? Right.
1: Yep. So, uh, that is more or less, uh, i wouldn't say the only outside of maybe physical damage but certainly the biggest threat to any hollow fiber membrane filter on the market um, so totally no risk of freeze damage you know uh, in the winter if they haven't been used you know so whether people um, you know whether they're buying them uh, in the middle of winter or keeping them for emergency purposes uh, but after they've been used and there's water inside the fibers basically the risk is is uh, when that water ex- uh, potentially expands into ice it will stretch or damage those hollow fiber tubes to the points uh, that pathogens can slip through. So by keeping it warm or on your person, right. uh, um, you can ensure that the filter isn't freezing over and you can you know continue to use it with confidence.
0: So note to self, everybody still sleep with that sliver squeeze in winter wintertime just in case. Yes. We talked about, I think you mentioned smart water bottles earlier, but it's funny how as a consequence of the popularity of the squeeze, the Smart water bottles and how well they match the threads. Hikers have been adopting smart water bottles. Have y'all discussed or done any kind of partnerships with smart water?
1: Uh, We have not. They haven't responded to any of (laughs) my DMs. But no, jokes aside, I don't even know if we're on their radar.
0: So I imagine probably a totally different market, you know. But I was thinking, how how fun would that be? Because it's it's so interesting the overlapping. Like everybody's, you see it all the time. Everybody's hiking with smart water bottles with their cellular
1: squeeze attached. Yeah, when we first introduced that to the market, you know, um, I think they were estimating that somewhere around seventy-five percent of all the, you know, standard plastic bottles around the world were still using that like classic twenty-eight millimeter threading. Uh, then, as you know, bottled water and whatnot became more popular, you ended up with a lot more, um, you know, unique variations or uh, more affordable variations or whatnot. So, yeah, Life Water. And smart water, probably more, even more so. Those kind of became the most ubiquitous, most popular ones because they, you know, they were slightly more rigid bottles, so a little bit more durable. Uh, but then you also could get them in like you know tall one liter uh, size versions that you could easily just slide in and out of your side pack, like while you're still walking around.
0: Right. Speaking of partnerships, I think you've alluded to it a couple of times, but it seems like you are doing some pretty cool things internationally. What can you talk about that? Yeah, For the clean water, and um, I'm presuming some nonprofit partnerships.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's literally what uh, uh, we get uh, the most excited about these days. Um, so yeah, I was trying to say earlier, you know, as we kind of realized uh, the impact potential and uh, uh, longevity potential of these filters. Um, we wanted to figure out how these uh, filters could be making even more of an impact. Uh, so now we're calling it, it's under like our products with purpose umbrella. And so it's often the exact same squeeze filter you can get at your REI or wherever, but with different hoses and components. So you could basically drill a hole in any food grade five gallon bucket and make this super simple you know, gravity water filter where you. If you just you know lower the filter below the water line, then you're filtering clean water. So we've been able to work. You know, I think now we're up to around 40 charities in uh, uh, over 100 countries. Wow! Um, and as of 2018, uh, through the help of all those amazing charity partners, we've got uh, over one million water filters in use around the world.
0: Wow, that's incredible! How do those partnerships work exactly? So there are 40 different organizations. That... I'm guessing they have they have like boots on the ground in these countries and they're asking for filters how does that work
1: yeah, so there's all kinds of different dynamics. You know, some people uh, do relief. You know, so like you know, we've got uh, fantastic charities. You know, like World Vision and whatnot, Compassion International. I, gosh, I don't want to start naming them for fear of forgetting some. Uh, but then like Waves for Water, you know, like they do a lot of disaster relief. Um, you know, whether it's uh, hurricanes or affected areas, um, and uh, uh, some uh, places do uh, smaller scale charity missions. And then you have uh, other organizations that are doing. Uh, even larger stuff. And uh, um, the, the most exciting thing that happened this year for us was um, Liberia is now the very first developing country to now be certified by the country to be water-to-water clean water uh, with the use of over 130,000 Sawyer filters, among some of the other options for you know wells and municipal options here and there. Um, so as of this year, uh, Liberia now has water-to-water uh, clean water.
0: Wow, that is incredible. It sounds like you're not just partnering with these people. You are truly moving the needle in these places.
1: Yeah. So I the, I like to say there's more than one way to make good cookies, and so it's the idea that like. What works in maybe this area is different that what works in that area, so we've got all these different charity partners that might be working in this area or that area or this size or that size, and actually, even a few years ago, we did a clean water conference where we brought a lot of these partners in and kind of said you know we did like some best practices showing them the latest training stuff you know so we've we've learned that kind of the best system for when it's an option is you know you do a smaller size training and then you come back in two weeks." Uh, Um, make sure that they understand how it's using and how they're maintaining it and then to give it eight weeks you know Uh, but sometimes it's disaster relief you know sometimes like we still have a lot of our filters that are still in consistent use in Puerto Rico after uh, some of the uh, recent hurricanes of years passed and so, yeah, we feel very fortunate to have all these different charity partners who are using our filters in these various different ways, uh, collectively sharing the information and how to do things better. And so, we kind of get continuous. So, uh, basically, the more we can sell domestically, whether it's our filters or insect repellents, the more we get to uh, subsidize or donate filters to the uh, international side. Uh, so, it's super cool to see all the different ways people can kind of use these and the, the long-term impacts, which I can kind of. Expand on if you're interested.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. You said a hundred countries.
1: Yes, easily over a hundred countries.
0: Are you getting to travel to any of these places, or have you been to any?
1: Yes, uh, so uh, definitely fun. Obviously, um, uh, travel was restricted significantly this year. Yeah, uh, but I've been <laughs> yeah. multiple trips in multiple countries, and uh, I'd offer this even if I wasn't uh, here right now. But uh, we'd love to send you on a trip, uh, uh, if you're interested, uh, you can pay back uh, uh, one of them, or multiple, uh, um, uh, when COVID restrictions are lifted, and uh, you can kind of uh, see how they're uh, being used. So, so yeah, it's...
0: Oh man, that'd be dope. That would be so dope. Uh, do you have any favorite countries you've been going to or um, any specific kind of fulfilling things you've seen? You mentioned Liberia.
1: Oh my gosh, they're all. Amazing in their own ways. I haven't uh, been to Liberia yet, but certainly uh, would love to uh, at some point. Uh, growing up in Florida um, and uh, uh, taking Spanish classes growing up, not fluent or anything, but a lot of the trips that I've been on have been in like Central and South America, um, which just make it more fun for me being able to interact and enjoying you know the the music and the culture and the food and uh, the people and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, there's more more trips and more opportunities that I can go on that I don't have the time for. So uh, it's always fun to kind of be able to hop on these trips in onesies and twosies and definitely looking forward to kind of, you know, if, if it was up to me, I would go on at least one international, you know, piggybacking at least one international trip a year. So amazing opportunities everywhere, uh, super rewarding and engaging and in some degrees, uh, heart-wrenching to go on these types of trips and uh, definitely hope to continue to expand all these ones that so we get to go on.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. We talked a lot about squeeze, water filtration. We touched a little bit on the insect repellents. Um, but yeah, permethrin and picaridin, just to wrap things up, can you t- tell a little bit to give a plug for the permethrin and picaridin? How does the permethrin spray work? Because I think that that's, again, I think a lot of people are not familiar with... It's a preventative spray, uh, right? As, for clothing
1: yeah, well, Thanks for bringing that around. Um, I uh, didn't get to cover it earlier. I got sidetracked, but yeah, permethrin is easily uh, one of our game changers. So permethrin is a uh, synthetic replica of the chrysanthemum flowers family's natural insect repellent. The natural version, uh, um, you know, synthesizes in the sun or breaks down, you know, in 15-20 minutes, which is fine as the plants continue to make it. But what uh, the scientists were able to do was figure out how to get a synthetic version of that molecule to bond with fabric fibers. And then after it bonds with the fabric fibers, it can last for six weeks or six washes if you're using our pharmaceutical-grade formula. Uh, So basically, before your trip or before you travel, or even if you just want to treat your back patio furniture, it's a treatment that you spray onto your fabric, whether it's your your tent, your backpack, your clothing, your gear. Um, And then after it dries, it uh, repels and kills mosquitoes and ticks and four and a half ounces uh, will do an entire outfit. You know, we sell 24 ounce bottles. You know, for less than 20 bucks, you typically can find them for closer to 15. And just to kind of um, establish how effective it is, there was a study done that showed you were more than 70 times less likely to get bitten by a tick if you're wearing permethrin-treated shoes and socks. Uh, ticks only need to crawl across around one inch of treated fabric in order to be doomed to die.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So, things like
1: as lime is and other things get more popular. It's like a, a super easy, uh, but it doesn't harm any fabrics or finishes. It's totally odorless after it dries. Um, so, whether you're through hiking or just out on an adventure, it can really help uh, uh, you know improve your outdoor experience, keep the bugs away, but also make sure you're not you know potentially getting any lime or alpha gal or you know, uh, Zika, or, you know, there's a variety of different ways you want, or reasons why you want to minimize your insect or disease. Uh, um.
0: For sure. So you can treat your clothes with permethrin. I, I've also, is it permethrin or permethrin?
1: Um, I've certainly uh, heard it more than enough both ways at this point. The gentleman who uh, helped develop it for us, or we actually got to work when we bought out their company, uh, he's, uh, 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 him and his brother are awesome. Uh, they call it permethrin, though I think it's more commonly called permethrin nationally.
0: I've been saying permethrin, and I, I heard you say permethrin, and I thought I needed to adjust.
1: <laughs> so I uh, wouldn't have corrected you. Uh, again, that's what uh, the fellow brothers uh, call it, but. Uh, Um, Yes, uh, uh, more commonly,
0: uh, permethrin. Cool. So all right, the permethrin is kind of a preventative fabric spray. And then we have on the topical front, what topical insect repellents are you offering? You have uh, picaridin and uh, do you offer DEET?
1: We do. Yeah, we do. So we still have some of our great legacy formulas. Uh, We have a maxi-DEET, which is uh, almost 100% DEET formula. Uh, That's great for extreme biting conditions uh, uh, as a topical Um, uh, Our other legacy uh, deep base formula is that 20% lotion I was talking about, that's our controlled release lotion. Uh, we have a 30% deep lotion uh, that is in a liposome base, which makes it super comfortable. The liposome bases uh, are what they use in a lot of cosmetics. But then, yes, the, the rising star uh, that kind of uh, took over uh, these past few years was the picaridin. It's actually the more popular uh, active ingredient elsewhere around the world, and the U.S. is just slowly catching up. Uh, it's significantly more expensive to make than deep base formulas, but um, it's it doesn't stink it's gear safe and it's actually even uh, effective mm. against biting flies
0: which one do you like more
1: i like the picaridin a lot
0: are you, are you are you allowed to say publicly oh, sure. yeah
1: i mean I, I use them all on occasion but yeah I, uh, uh, the picaridin for sure has become the most popular version um and uh, uh, we keep them handy uh you know whether we're out adventuring with, with the pup or uh, you know out fly fishing or out um you know here or there um and then we've got Know, little uh, single-use packets um, that you can kind of stash in your pack pouch, tackle box, or glove box. So just in case you're somewhere where you know you weren't expecting there to be bugs. Uh,
0: I saw that. I was actually rock climbing uh, recently and one of my buddies busted out, saw your Picaridin little squeeze packet.
1: Yeah, awesome. So yeah, definitely use and will continue to use all of them. Uh, but uh, the Picaridin has easily become uh, the most popular uh, topical we offer.
0: Nice. Is there anything else you're working on now that you're willing or able to discuss? You can feel free to plug anything else.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I kind of alluded to it once, but the thing that we're most excited... I mean, it's, it hasn't even been on the market for two months yet is our new tap filter. Um, so like I was saying earlier, a lot of the international stuff is they'll use a squeeze filter and, and kind of make their own gravity system out of it, which is uh, super uh, affordable and effective for a lot of people internationally. But uh, there's you know, even... More people uh, that have uh, uh, that have the need for clean water. So now this new tap filter we just recently introduced—it's basically a, a relatively universal tap filter that you can just pop on and off of existing uh, plumbing. It uses the exact same internal elements from the squeeze filter, but it has like a rubberized seal ring on the base that you can throw it on your sink. You know, so for domestically, whether you want to cut down on
0: so you're talking about yeah, uh, American consumers yes. can pop it on their sink.
1: Yes, uh, you know, for the people who are going to use it regularly, uh, you know, whether they're traveling, you know, in an RV or doing some van life in, or if they live in an area where you know we have natural disasters, you want to make sure you know that you will have clean water if anything happens. Um, you can definitely all, all of our filters remove 100 percent of microplastics, so you can cut down on the ingestion of those and certainly on the uh, consumption and use of plastic bottles. But yeah, we're uh, uh, far more excited about how these uh, uh, tap filters can be used by these charity partners internationally as there's plenty of places where they might have plumbing in their house or uh, uh, in the vicinity of their house, uh, but the water isn't necessarily still safe to drink.
0: Wow. Cool. Well, we will link up to that as well as all the other stuff we've talked about. So we've touched on a lot and uh, yeah, you've a lot of knowledge over there, Travis. I appreciate you being able to talk about everything from the technology of water filters, insect repellents, to the history of the company. It sounds like you really... You had it all. So I I appreciate you going over all that. Before we wrap up, I had a random personal question. Yeah. So it's quarantine time. You've been staying safe and sane?
1: Definitely the first one, uh, uh, less so the second. <laughs> so, uh, I dove in the deep end of fly fishing this year to help get outside and uh, get a little active, uh, a little mental escape, uh, which has been a lot of fun. I actually live uh, very close to the uh, North Country Trails uh, uh, National Headquarters, um, you know, less than 20 minutes from uh, the NCT Trail. Uh, so, uh, me and the wife for the uh, pooch will hop out there on occasion. And uh, definitely doing our best uh, to stay safe. Uh, My wife works at the local children's hospital. uh, So even an added sense of the need for safety is uh, heartbroken if I haphazardly uh, contributed uh, to someone getting uh, sick there. Um, yeah we uh, uh this uh, I guess if this is the personal section uh we were, we got people... The fly the fly fishing section well why well, say so uh, we got married this summer and uh, congrats uh, thank you sir uh, um and so uh we had you know a big bash planned but then uh, had to uh, change that so we ended up with you know like around 20 people um our siblings on uh, both of our sides didn't even attend and uh, so uh, we tried to adjust and stay safe and it was still a lot of fun. Um, But uh, so definitely doing what we can to stay safe. Definitely looking forward to uh, uh, when things um, are safer and definitely excited to hear how excited you were to uh, uh, go on an international trip with us.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. How about, uh, are there any new books or movies you have enjoyed lately?
1: Ooh, yes. Again, as long as it's totally just curveballs like uh, personal stuff, the Hot Ones uh, YouTube series, so, uh, this uh, guy, Sean Evans, uh, interviews people uh, while they eat hot wings. And it starts with a very mild wing at the beginning. <laughs> oh, and,
0: oh, I think, yes. I, I think off, I've seen both this. I think I've seen this.
1: Temperature and uh, question intensity. And uh, uh, they do a phenomenal job of doing research on these you know, celebrities, musicians, <laughs> and, and whomever. And it's awesome.
0: Is there a correlation with the spicier? Yes. The yeah. wing, so the less the, coherent the response. It's like,
1: you know, These people are used to going on like these normal like interviews and press junkets where people just ask the exact same thing over again. You know, in the hiking community, it's like, what's your base weight? Like, okay, I think. A thousand times, but the hot wings kind of uh, throws that that curveball that kind of throws them off their game. Paired with the high quality of questions, um, and it just makes for these super authentic and interesting uh, interviews. And uh, it, it's always awesome to see the the guests' reactions when they're like, "Whoa, how do you know about that?" Or like, "You really did your research," or who knows what. <laughs> so uh, Definitely uh, one of the uh, great uh, uh, suggestions
0: is so it's called hot ones or hot wings hot ones hot ones and it's about celebrities eating hot wings
1: yeah yeah it's just an interview so the interview just is totally dictated by you know the person what they're going to talk about you know whether they're talking about their acting career or how they came on the scene musically or whatever and it's just kind of shows much like yeah it's it's just awesome to see Genuine interviews with genuine reactions and, and and authentic excitement and engagement from these you know celebrities and various people.
0: Fun. Well, Travis, man, it's been a lot of fun having you on again. Thanks so much for hopping on and thank you for the huge amount of knowledge. I feel like I was as I was doing some uh, digging on your company. I was like, you guys have your hands in a lot of stuff, and um, you, you did a great job covering it all. So I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks. Uh, I'm sure there was a a mild degree of accuracy, uh, especially on (laughs) this when I uh, was quite young. But yeah, no, uh, thanks for having us on. It's been an absolute treat. And thanks to uh, anyone and everyone who supported us over the years. Uh, It means a lot, not only to us, uh, but certainly uh, um, as we continue to grow this international stuff, um, just uh, super endearing to be able to make these long-lasting impacts.
0: Right on. All right, Travis, thanks. Absolutely. All right, folks, there you have it. Travis Avery of Sawyer Products. Hope you enjoyed. This is Chris Cage of Green Belly Meals signing out.
1: Peace.